You're listening to a Core Education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibility. Hello, I'm Stephen Lowe, Instructional Designer at Core Education, and with me is today is Chrissy Butler, Core's Specialist in Universal Design for Learning. Chrissy, could you give us who do not yet know the basics of Universal Design for Learning? So what it is, it's a really cool framework for looking at how we can design learning environments or working environments that work for the most people possible from the outset. So if we think about that everybody learns differently and brings different things to a work environment. Some people are engaged by one thing, others for, it might be a total turnoff. It's a way that we can identify barriers for people and put in place a way of working that is more flexible. So kind of a, a really a kind of really great way of thinking about it is is actually around food. So often when we kind of invite a load of people for dinner, there might be someone who's vegetarian, someone who's on a diet, someone who's gluten-free. So there's a whole range of people that have different eating requirements and we could make separate dishes for each person but it actually that takes ages and it's not a sustainable way I would put you off having dinner parties forever really so a different way of thinking about it is actually okay if these are the different needs or preferences of people what can we cook that actually is going to work for the most people possible and so there'll be a few different dishes but actually we can make a dish that works for someone who's vegetarian and gluten-free and also if you're a meat eater you might want to eat it as well so it's that mindset of thinking about what people need and the smartest way to make it work for people that's it at its essence i think that's a great analogy i can remember that yeah the dinner party analogy yeah that's cool that's cool understand that there are three principles I wonder if we could unpack those what's the first principle even the notion of first principle is kind of a bit iffy in some ways there's three principles and to kind of get your head around them we'll do them one at a time I guess the first one that's kind of in your face is this principle of engagement the principle comes from this idea of what are we motivated by what can get in the way of us being engaged so for example if I walk into some kind of presentation or a classroom environment and someone starts talking and using lots of jargon and big words at the outset that I have no idea what they mean, I will log off because I decide instantly that I don't know what anybody's talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like I don't even process that. It happens unconsciously. Another thing a bit like that around engagement would be if someone presents me with pages and pages of text, unless I know I've got to do it, engage with it, I just will be like, I'll scan the heading and then I've switched off. Mm. Whereas if someone gives me a great graphic representation of something, that really helps me engage with the material. Mm. So engagement can be around those things around materials, but it's also a classic one is we engage differently in different contexts depending on our prior experience. An example I often use is you might have a student that when they're playing touch rugby, they are the captain of the team and they're amazing at giving the team talk and motivating all the other players and then they're back in the classroom and the teacher says okay next week we're going to do speeches and this kid is petrified and it's the same oratory skills but actually the context is really different and so the student will withdraw and won't demonstrate any of that incredible oratory 
skill because this fear has got in the way. They have disengaged because of that context. Mm. So that's kind of the engagement principle. Right. That's cool. Now give us another principle, one of the other two principles in no particular order. (laughs) So the second principle is they're all very interrelated. The second principle is around this idea of called multiple representations. So this idea that we present information in different ways so that people will understand it. And it's that that people will understand it that's the key especially those of us that work in education or in business often you'll be presented a new concept in a meeting by this handout that's full of text and for some people that's a really comfortable way in and for others of us it doesn't work at all we would engage much faster if someone showed us a video or if there was a graphic or if someone told a story an analogy mm-hmm. to kind of hook us in to kind of weave that concept into our thinking mm-hmm. and so it's really wrapped up with that engagement thing as well mm-hmm. but it's that that we present information in different ways because we expect there to be diversity but we do it to support understanding not just because it's pretty Mm. we've had engagement and we've had diversity the third one the last but not least so third one (laughs) i guess the first principle is engagement then representation and then this idea of uh, what's called action and expression so it's really about how we can do the work or engage with the learning. The classic one, certainly in an education context, is historically students have been given a pen or a pencil as the means with which to demonstrate what they know. So both in kind of writing, but often in drawing. But actually for many, many kids and many of us as adults, that is a huge barrier to demonstrating what you think and sharing and creating knowledge. This, In many ways, this is a place where technology can make a massive difference. So access to keyboards being able to you know for typing people can make videos there's different ways of making graphic but I guess the key part of this principle is not this kind of idea of pick and mix it's not actually enough to throw the idea of like multiple learning pathways or multiple options at students without actually still addressing actually what might be the barriers here for people in this situation and what are the supports that we can put in place so going back to that dinner party if you know the people in your environment how they like to learn what works well for them and what those barriers might be that we then offer choices based on that knowledge Mm. when you don't know participants so if you're working if you're setting up an online course you can still there's kind of like predictable variability you can still take a punt that actually it's worthwhile building in different options for people that they can record their voice that they can write that they can make a video but you've also got to put in the supports the how-tos so that people have what they need to be able to participate Mm. yeah So that's the three. That's very interesting. Thank you. I've been engaging with UDL for a year or so now. And yet that going back to discuss what those basic principles are has been really useful. Thank you. Mm, Pleasure. You've been listening to a core education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibility.